Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. I'm joined in the studio with my lovely wife, Debbie, and we want to uh, talk today about going the distance in marriage. Now, Debbie and I were privileged and, and uh, blessed to be on Sandy Rios' program just a few minutes ago. And we were talking about the marriage conference coming up, a uh, marriage and family conference called Here I Stand, uh, put on by uh, American Family Radio, American Family Association. It's in July, July 7th through the 9th at Bank Corps uh, South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. And we are thrilled to be a part of that. And we're going to be talking about uh, marriage and family and and pressing in when things are difficult and not giving up. Debbie, I still remember when we got married, your dad was the pastor and he married us. And he talked about how couples, when they hit tough times, they bail out and God wants you to hang in there. Uh, you work it out, you don't bail out. And so um, why is marriage under such attack today? Why are people not going the distance in marriage like they did a generation ago? I think our culture is so pro-bail, bailing out. You know, our culture tells us, hey, if you aren't happy, get out of this thing and get get into a relationship where you can be happy because you just deserve to be happy. You deserve it. Right. Um, you know, and that that is so uh, anti-biblical. We don't deserve anything. You know, by God's grace, he allows us to have joy and to have happiness and those kind of things. But um, our culture, the message we hear from culture is so counter what the Bible tells us. And it's just, you know, this, this idea that if you're not happy, it's just so snapshot. Hey, look at a snapshot of your life right now. Are you happy? Well, if you're not happy, why don't you just bail out on your marriage and find somebody else that who, who will make you happy? Um, I'm not looking for a person to make me happy. The Lord is the one that brings joy. And uh, and if you look for happiness in other people, this person is going to make me happy. And it, it, then you become like a tick. You're just going to leech off this person and suck the blood out of this person to make me happy. It's and, an interesting word picture, <laughs> isn't it? I heard Rick Warren say one time, uh, you know, what is marriage? It's two ticks and no dog. And we both come into marriage, well, you're going to make me happy. No, you're going to make me happy. And and we have to find our happiness, our satisfaction, our joy, our purpose, our everything from the Lord. And when I do that, when you do that, then we can have a great relationship because I'm not looking to you to be my source of happiness and satisfaction and joy, I'm looking to the Lord for that. Well, and that's an unrealistic expectation to put on another human. Because humans are going to let us down. Any relationship, horizontal relationship on this earth, it those people are going to disappoint us. They are going to hurt us. They are going to let us down. That's just the nature of living in this sinful, fallen world. And so it's a very unrealistic expectation to put on your spouse for them to be the source of your happiness. Right. And and so in marriage, you know, the, the groom, bride and groom stand at the altar and uh, here's the trouble in marriage. Um, you know, guys, you married a sinner and she married a bigger one. And you put two sinners together and you're going to have trouble.
trouble because your spouse is not perfect. You are not perfect. There are going to be difficulties. Now, Debbie and I, we had our 36th anniversary on March 15th, and we talked about that on the broadcast, how God had has uh, brought us through for 36 years. Well, we weren't really able to celebrate on our anniversary. It was on a Tuesday, but we did this past weekend. And we just went away to uh, to Little Rock, just a two-hour drive from Texarkana, Texas. And we had just such a wonderful time together. And we just didn't have a big agenda. We went and saw a play at the Murray Dinner Theater Dinner Playhouse, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and we saw a movie, and we just spent time together, and we just re- kind of reflected on life. And, uh, you know, I was thinking as we were together, I was thinking, I'm so glad that it's just been you. It's just you and me for 36 years and three girls and two, two babies that are in heaven with a miscarriage and three grandchildren. And, um, you are the wife of my youth. You know, this scripture says Ecclesiastes nine, nine, enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which God has given to you under the sun for this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Uh, Debbie always calls herself the the wife of my youth. Uh, love the wife of your youth. And mm-hmm. so we got married. We were young. We were. just 20, Especially by today's standards. 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so right before Debbie's birthday's May 31st, my birthday's June 25th. And so I married an older woman. That's right. And, uh, but I've been enjoying life with the wife of my youth. And I want, we want to grow old together. Uh, we're, we're not old yet. That's right. We're holding on to 59. That's right. It's the new 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just to know that, hey, we've, we're going the distance. Well, I remember one thing you said to me early on, which was so funny, but it, it is applicable to this conversation. And that is you said to me, Debbie, if you ever leave me, I'm going with you. Yes. And, um, you know, that that's funny. It has some humor associated with it. But the truth and the value of that statement is huge. You know, that um, if you ever if I've ever leaving, you're coming with me because we're just not going to be separated. No. And we can handle anything uh, if we build our relationship on the Lord. Now, the scripture says I, I share this verse in so many weddings that I do. Psalm 127, one. Unless the Lord, unless Yahweh, Lord is all in caps, in the New American Standard Bible, anytime you run into Lord all in caps, that means that's the special name for God, Y-H-W-H, the, the four letters is called in seminary, the Tetragrammaton. It's God's personal covenant, holy name, Yahweh. Unless Yahweh builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, unless the Lord, Yahweh, guards the city. The watchman keeps awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. And so in our marriage relationship and in our family, the Lord was always the cornerstone. He was the focus. Well, Jeff, that is such a great verse. But on a practical level, how would you how would you explain Okay, how how do we allow the Lord to build our house? What are some practical tools that we can use that that we can give over to the Lord to say, "Hey, you build this house." Right. How do we do that? Great question. So, in our relationship, I have to seek the Lord for myself. 
you have to seek the Lord for yourself. I have to make sure I'm right with God. Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things that we worry about, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall clothe ourselves, all these things will be added to you. Don't live in worry and fear and anxiety. Seek me and trust me. So I have to do that for myself. And I have to be the person God wants me to be, the man God wants me to be, the husband God wants me to be, the dad God wants me to be. I can't do that in and of myself. So I need his strength. Jesus said, abide. I am the vine, you're the branches. Uh, You can't bear fruit apart from me. So abide in me. And if you abide in me, you bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I think in marriage, if I'm right with God, seeking the Lord on just myself, and you're right with God, you're seeking the Lord for yourself. I'm not looking to you to make me happy. You're not looking to me to make you happy. We're looking to the Lord for that. Then we can get along great and we can work through any difficulty because Jesus is our focus. You're not my focus. Jesus is my focus. And Jesus wants me to love you and to nourish you and to cherish you and to be a good husband to you. And so I'm looking to him to give me the power to do those things that you need. Right. And I was I was thinking about that as you were as you were just answering that question. I think it just boils down to really yielding to the Lord and to allow his spirit to love through you, his spirit to forgive through you as the husband, his spirit to lead the family through you as the wife, his spirit to submit to your husband. <laughs> and um, that those are all supernatural things that have to take place because in our flesh we can we can love on a shallow level in our flesh we can strive to forgive we can strive to submit we can we can strive and work and work to do all those things but it's the holy spirit's power within us that enables us to be able to do those things on a supernatural level which is what makes marriage work right and i think if if you really break it down so it's all based on our relationship with Jesus. So I, I love you because I love you, but because the Lord tells me, hey, this is your job. This is the wife of your youth. This is the woman that I gave you. Love her. So that's in my obedience to God, in my relationship to the Lord, I'm commanded to love you. And there are times when you are super lovable. and there Most t- of the time. Most, Let's just be honest. Most of the time. And then there are times that... It's harder to love you. Uh, you're saying I'm not so lovable some of the time. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then you're commanded by the Lord in your relationship with the Lord. Okay. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, one of the commandments to you is, hey, wives, submit your to your husband. Uh, wives, respect your husband. So you are to submit to me even when you don't want to. You're to respect me even when I'm not very respectable at the moment. And so it's all based on our relationship with the Lord. It's not based on how that person is uh, acting or failing to act. It's this is what God has commanded me to do, and I need to do that in obedience to Jesus. And that alone goes back to the fact that it's a supernatural thing. It is very difficult for a wife to respect her husband when he's not acting respectable. She can really only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit within her. Her flesh is just fighting against that with everything within her. And so it's that knowing that 
that act of obedience is not just that you're gritting your teeth and 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 submitting to your husband and respecting your husband, but that it is an act of obedience to the Lord, because that is the primary relationship that needs to always be in sync and always be right, is your relationship with the Lord. And as an outflow of that relationship being right, your other relationships can be right. Right. And it's very, very interesting in the Bible, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5.18 says, and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation. That's a waste. That's ruinous. That destroys, but be filled with the spirit. And that means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is resident within every believer. Let the Holy Spirit be president of your life. Let him rule and reign in your life. And it tells us that we're to be filled with the spirit. And then it goes on to talk about husband and wife relationships, to talk about family relationships, to talk about work relationships. So everything in marriage and family and in work comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I can't walk across the street apart from Jesus. It means I can do nothing that counts for eternity. I can do nothing that God is going to reward at the judgment seat of Christ. It's just going to be wood, hay, and straw. It's going to burn up at the judgment seat of Christ apart from Jesus. I need to abide in him. I need to let his power flow through me. Jesus loves you, Debbie. And no matter when you're good, he loves you. When you're not doing good, he loves you. And he lives inside of me and he can give me power to love you even in those difficult times. And he can give you power to respect me even when I'm not measuring up. And so that is so critical to have the Lord at the center of your relationship. Now, for the couples that don't have that, it doesn't mean they're going to get divorced. Some couples, they stick together, but it means your marriage is never going to be all it can be, all the Lord wants it to be, because you're doing it on your own. And, uh, and God can't bless what you do on your own. It's just like Cain and Abel. Cain gave the fruit of the ground, what he could produce, the work of his hands, and God had no regard for Cain and his offering. He had regard for Abel and his offering because Abel came God's way. And if you come God's way in marriage, God can bless it. We're talking about going the distance in marriage, enjoying the wife of your youth, and enjoying your marriage all the way to the end. We're gonna take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 
833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The world in word pictures viewed through the love of Christ. Some of the people that I met, there was no way in the world we could meet with any Christians in North Korea. That would have been a death sentence for them. And so it was in northern Manchuria where they had escaped. And the story from all of them was that three generations of their families were wiped out if they were even caught with the Bible. The cruelty is just incomprehensible. Listen to Sandy Rios weekday mornings at 7 Central on American Family Radio. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. Pastor Jeff and Debbie Shreve here. We're talking about going the distance in marriage. In Ecclesiastes, we read these words, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, Two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. That's another way. Ecclesiastes 4.12, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. That's another way of saying Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So how do you, we've been talking about how does the Lord become the cornerstone of the marriage, of the family, And Debbie, you were talking about at the break, the importance of church and fellowship. Well, I think um, if you're trying to live your marriage, metaphorically speaking, on an island where it's just the two of you and you are not connected into a body of believers that support the same values that you support, that are striving to be in relationship with the Lord and to be in right relationship with the Lord, 
you're you're at such a disadvantage. You're just not number one. You're not being obedient to the Lord because He has told us in His Word, "Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together." But you're also just uh, trying to do that marriage in your own strength because you need the support of people your age, people who are older than you that can be uh, such a valuable resource to you that have that have gone the distance in their marriage. And it's linking in with those people in a church fellowship and in a church body that give you such strength that are there for you, that um, you can do life with, and that you share those common values um, that is such a powerful, powerful tool in your box in terms of, of strengthening your marriage and family. Well, it's, yeah, no person is an island and no marriage does well on an island. We need one another. <clears throat> the, the Bible is full of references to one another, one another, pray for one another. You know, what is church? It's the assembling together. That's why online church is not the same thing as church. It's not a bad thing. It's a good supplement. It's not a good substitute. We need to be together. We need to rub shoulders together and hug each other's necks and hold each other's hands as we walk this Christian life. Because the Christian life is not just hard, it's impossible. The only one who can live it is Jesus. The only way to do marriage is, God's way is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think, too, we saw so much of this during COVID that um, when initially churches were kind of shut down, when we had that two to three week period where we were going to slow the curve, that kind of thing. And so many people in the course of the pandemic got out of the habit of assembling together in their churches. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you isolated. And so it, once you get out of the habit and out of the discipline of going to church and assembling with other believers and gaining the strength and worshiping together and those things, once you get out of the habit of that, the enemy, boy, he is—he really fights you to get you back in. He, he gives you all kinds of excuses and reasons why it's okay to not do that. Right. And so it's, it's that discipline of getting back into the habit of assembling with other believers. Um, and I think we, we're seeing some of that. I don't, I don't think if we were to poll most churches, I don't think hardly any churches are back up to the attendance levels that they were pre-COVID. So we're, we can see just from those numbers that the enemy's really done a number on people, making right. them think, hey, it's okay for you not to assemble together. It's okay for you to just watch this online or to skip two or three Sundays, even watching online and just jump back in when it's convenient for you. And that is that is just hindering families. It's hindering marriages in a big way. Yeah. Some people are not able to go to church. We have lots of shut-ins and they're just not able to get out. And and for them, typically they're not watching online, they're watching on TV. And so it's a it's a great opportunity to to have uh, solid ministries on television and on the radio. I love American Family Radio because it's solid programming, telling people the truth for those people that that are uh, away, those people that are driving and they have jobs that bring, you know, take them long distances, long haulers and things like that. And radio becomes a lifeline. When I was in sales working for Nalco Chemical Company, uh, I'd be in the car three or four hours a day. Christian radio was huge for me. Um, listening to sermons, I had a 
bag full of tapes from Adrian Rogers, and I would just listen to sermon after sermon after sermon. That helped me grow tremendously, but that didn't that wasn't a substitute for Sunday morning and Wednesday night and being at church and and uh, gathering with the the family of God to worship the Lord. I think the the one thing that church does as we gather together too, it shows you that you're not alone in the struggle. Because the devil loves to lie to us, to to us, and say you're the only one with a marriage problem, mm-hmm. guys. You're the only one with a pornography problem. You're the only one who struggles in this area, that area, the other area. And the, the truth of the matter is, you're one of billions who struggle in this area. I talked yesterday to Dr. Don Bartlett, a dear friend and uh, just a wonderful testimony and all the terrible things he went through with poverty and alcoholism and physical abuse and sexual abuse and just being shunned and friendless and disfigured from a, a birth defect. But he said the the hardest thing he had to deal with and overcome was a father wound. And his father uh, was just so terrible to him that that Don had so much hatred in his heart toward his dad. And even when he came to Christ, that was like the last uh, area that he was holding on to because it's like, I can't give up my hatred for my dad because he did this and this and this and this. Hey, lots of us carry father's wounds with us. And so we come together to to deal with the junk and the baggage and the stuff that we're hauling around with us and the church says, hey, you're not alone. A, a, a good, solid, Bible-believing church that deals with stuff and is honest, you're not alone. We're here to help you. And, uh, and we want to you know, link arms with you and, and help you through this difficult time. Well, if we circle back to that verse that you were talking about. In circle terms, back. Circle back. Jen Pisaki. Um, In terms of two being better than one. And in marriage, that is so true because we, we fill gaps with each other. I know in our marriage, we are so different. And where you're weak, I'm, I'm stronger. Where I'm weak, you're stronger. And it, it just has been such a benefit to both of us to do life together because as a unit, we make wiser decisions. We are stronger. Um, we're more fortified in, in going forward and leading our family and those kind of things. And it it's so important to have that um, foundation of the Lord drawing you together like that and understanding that you do draw on each other's strengths and you shore up each other's weaknesses because that's what we're called to do. Well, and the two become one flesh. And one of the things that we did from day one in our marriage, everything was together, all our finances <clears throat> together. We're not having your account and my account. We have our account. And as you told me, your m- m- my money is your money right. and your money is your money. Right. And that, that's kind of how it. Yeah, but you know, in today's culture, we're seeing more and more that that young married people are not doing that. They're having my account, his account, and maybe a joint account together, and um, that's just becoming more and more prevalent in in our culture. Is that we're we're keeping things separate. We might have a little bit together, but we're still keeping some things separate, and we're we're going to make this thing fair. I'm going to pay the house payment, but but he's going to pay the electricity and this so that, that it kind of all equals and evens out. And, um, I, I don't know. I just, I go back to the fact that if two are one, 
all of what we have is one. Right. You know, and and so it, it's not necessarily a beneficial um, uniting thing in your marriage to keep all of that so separate because it, in some ways it gives you an out if you need to escape because it's like, okay, I can go ahead and escape right. because I have what's mine. And, um, you know, when we got married, it was like, Hey, we're burning the divorce ship that's in the Harbor. We're burning that. Right. That is not available to us. It's not an option for us. And so, um, the, the, the physical representation of that, could be seen in our finances that they were all together right as one yeah that, i think that's really critical when you go into marriage you just know divorce is not an option i'm married to this person i'm going to take my vows seriously and so uh, i'm going to love you and honor you and cherish you by god's grace working through me and uh, we're going to be together till death and we're not going to stray outside of the the bounds of matrimony in terms of the the physical, because that is a bomb in a relationship, and that can cause people to, I mean, it can be a, an issue where it's like I can't get past this, especially if it's a repeated thing and there's no repentance, then it's you got nothing. Um, but oftentimes that can happen and then there can be true repentance and there can be true reconciliation. Trust can be rebuilt through consistent behavior over time. Consistent behavior over time rebuilds trust. Well, Jeff, talk to the listeners that that may be with us this morning that are saying, man, that's what I desire. I I, I so want that. I, I, I personally have burned that divorce ship. I don't ever want to get divorced. But man, I'm struggling in my marriage and my spouse does want a divorce and he's not, he or she, they're not doing anything, anything to help work this thing out. What do we say well, it, to those to those people yeah, in that because, situation? Because no doubt there are people in that situation listening Absolutely. today. Um, here, here's what I would encourage you to do. Get your heart right with God. Confess all your sins. Make sure that there are no secrets. Pull everything out of the closet, everything that you've put a sheet over and say, well, God, don't look at this. You get it all out in the open. Search me, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and try my heart. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You, if, we, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, that's putting everything out in the open before the Lord. He sees it anyway, but we're going to own this. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. The only person I can change is me. I can't change you. I can only change me. So I have to start working on me and say, Lord, I need your grace. I need your strength. In this difficult situation, I give my spouse over to you. I can't change them. Only you can change them. So as it says in Proverbs, the king's heart is like channels of the water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. Lord, you change their heart. I'm just going to keep working on me. Help me to act and react in a way 
in my marriage and in this uh, difficulty in my marriage in a way that would honor you. So I'm not acting in anger. So I'm not acting in bitterness or in resentment uh, because I'm getting my strength, my power from Jesus. I think that is critical. Now, as we said at in Sandy Rios's program just a, a little bit ago, uh, it, it takes two to tango. And just because one person is sold out to the Lord, if the other person is not and is not interested in that, you cannot make the marriage work all by yourself. But what you can do is you can create an environment where God is at work. You know, the old saying, you can't lead a horse. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's true. But you can make that horse thirsty for the water. And I think that's when one spouse gets gets his or her heart so right with the Lord, God can do a work to bring about a, a thirst in that other spouse that's rebellious and resentful and bitter or whatever, not walking with God, to, to want to have a relationship with Jesus. Don Bartlett said yesterday, the way he came to Christ, he was a product of an abusive home. He took alcoholism. He learned that from his father. He became an alcoholic. He became abusive because abusers beget abusers. He said what changed for him is when his little daughter said, Daddy, I hate you and I hope you'll die. Ooh. And it was horrible. But uh, he said, that's exactly how I felt as a 12-year-old boy. I said that in my heart to my dad. Dad, I hate you and I hope you die. And he said, when my daughter said that to me, I realized I've become my father. I don't want to be like that. And he said to his wife, help me change. And she, who is a believer, uh, introduced him to Jesus Christ, helped him come to know Christ, and Jesus changed his life. So as his wife prayed because she saw our marriage is terrible, my husband is not interested, he was just in it for the money, and uh, because her family was wealthy, uh, I need God to do a miracle. Change me, Lord, and in the process, change him. Well, I think um, that it's it's so important. I what you said earlier about owning your part, because in every marriage relationship and in every conflict within a marriage, um, it's never a hundred percent one person's fault no. ever. And so you can't take responsibility, nor should you take responsibility for someone else's actions, but you have to 100% own your part right. in the conflict and, and get that right. Number one with the Lord, number two with um, your spouse. And that makes such a difference when you do that, because um, it's that avoidance of that and just playing the victim and all those other things that absolutely gets you nowhere. It just keeps you stuck. That's exactly right. Well, we're, we're going to be taking your calls. one eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. That's 1-888-589-8840. We're talking about going the distance in marriage, enjoying life with the wife, with the spouse of your youth, and going from I do to I still do all the way until death. It is such a blessing to finish the course with the person that God has given you. So call in. Let's talk about it. We're going to take a quick break. And then we will be right back. When you hear this... 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Oops, there's a piece I missed a little bit. Grandpa, why do we always pick up litter when we go hiking? Well, we're just making it nicer for people who come after us a little bit. It's called stewardship. My grandfather taught me that you should always leave a place better than you found it. That it's important to invest in the lives of your children and grandchildren, leaving them with a godly legacy they can build on. That's why I decided to set up a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. It's called stewardship. I know that my gift will support a ministry that honors the biblical principles I hold dear. And it's a way to invest in the future of our country. The AFA Foundation also arranged for me to have a steady fixed income, so I don't have to worry in the midst of changing times. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. My wife and I are here in the studio today. We're talking about marriage, going the distance in marriage, overcoming the difficulties that come into every marriage because no one is immune to problems. Uh, at the core, I'm a selfish person. In and of my, my flesh, my sinful self, I'm selfish. And Debbie is the same way. And that's true for every single person. And selfishness is destructive in a relationship. That's why we need Jesus. And uh, the scripture says, in me that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. But in him, in the Lord, there dwells every good thing. And his grace is sufficient for our every need. Well, we'd love to take your calls in this segment, 1-888-589-8840. 
That's 1-888-589-8840. We had talked in the last segment about uh, the fact that sometimes uh, it doesn't work because one spouse wants out. And the Bible even talks about that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and says, hey, if you get abandoned, if the person is checked out, uh, then you're free. Uh, you're not bound in that relationship anymore. You're free to be married, uh, in the remarried in the Lord. Uh, I and love this. Would Go you ahead. say that that in that encompasses not just physical abandonment, but emotional, financial, those kind of abandonments as well? Or do you or do you interpret that verse as a, a, a strictly someone has completely just physically left the physically um, left the relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you got to be careful with that because then you can you can make a case for divorce. Well, they're not there for me physically, so I'm out. They're, they're not taking care of me financially, I'm out. You know, it's just you always have a reason. Uh, it's kind of like the, the liberals of Jesus' day. You know, they said you can divorce your wife for any reason. She burns the toast and you can divorce her. You're, you're justified in divorcing her. And, and Jesus said, no, you're not. You know, uh, the marriage is for life. One man, one woman for life. So I think you have to be careful with, with making it super broad. Right. But, uh, you know, as you walk with God and as you really seek the Lord and you don't make a decision unless you're led of the Lord, then he will lead you and he will guide you and he will work. Um, and, and so that's the, that's the one decision I can make is I need to get right with God. And the only person I can change is me. And when I'm in a difficult situation in marriage, I have to work on me. I think too, if, if, it ends up at a at a place where one of the parties just is like, okay, I'm I I just this person has abandoned me in every way. It should just know in your own heart, hey, I've done absolutely everything that I can do to make this work. So when I lay my head down to rest at night before the Lord, I have a clear conscience. I have I'm, I've held nothing back. I have done everything the Lord has told me to do in this situation. You know, there there's something about uh, just that clear conscience with the Lord before Him that enables you to have peace and comfort in the midst of of horrific circumstances. And so, I think that's an imp important element. Well, I love the verse. One of my favorite Old Testament verses is Jonah three one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. God is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and 500th chances. Uh, it says in the book of Psalms, if you, Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And so God is a forgiving God. We blow it in marriage. I've blown it numerous times in our marriage over 36 years. Well, we're not counting those though. And uh, Debbie's blown it at least once or twice. Oh, please. Um, More but, than that. But we, we seek forgiveness from the Lord. We seek forgiveness from our spouse. And uh, we both want the same thing. And that's a, a God-honoring marriage and a marriage that is satisfying in the Lord. And so as we seek that and as we seek Him, uh, He blesses us. And uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, it's faithfulness, it's self-control. And those things come from God when you're right with God and they, they will crown your life 
and they'll crown your marriage and your home and your family as you trust him. And the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Jesus will fill your life and will fill your home as you focus in on him. Let's talk for a minute, Jeff, about the importance of making a wise choice when it comes to picking your partner for life. It's critical. It's critical. And uh, so many marriages are a mess and they end in divorce and it can be it can be filtered back to traced back to the fact that you just made a bad choice. Now, God can work within your bad choice and and make that work out and he can do a miracle in that situation, but when it comes down to it, so many times people spend a lot more time investigating the pros and cons of buying a specific car than yeah, they do uh, than they do about the person that they are going to link themselves up with and covenant for the rest of their lives. So talk for a minute to our listeners about um, what that looks like to make sure that you really make a wise choice. Well, so you can you can meet somebody and immediately you are attracted to them. It's just like, wow. I remember the first time I saw you, I'll never forget it. We were at some kind of after Sunday night church fellowship for the singles at Champion Forest Baptist Church. We were at this guy's house in Greenwood Forest. And I was- <laughs> You sit- do remember details. I, I do. <laughs> and uh, you were sitting in a chair watching TV or something or visiting with some people. And I was at the at the door right at the, the foyer there. And I looked over and saw you and it's just like, wow. Uh, I-, I Quoted the line from Samson, she looks good to me. <laughs> and uh, you just, I mean, I was captivated by how beautiful you were. And so there can be, there's that instant, whoa, you know, but I didn't know you at all. And, and uh, you know, over the years, I've learned that just because someone is pretty <clears throat> doesn't mean that person is compatible with you. We had somebody come to our house when we had been married just a couple of years and great singer, really pretty girl. And uh, she was at our house for like an hour. I was like, good grief. When can she go home? Uh, because <laughs> I just found her personality to be such a, a contrast and a clash to mine that that would never have been somebody that I would have, have wanted to to go out with, even though she's pretty. Right. It takes a lot more than that. And so I think it's really critical for people to get to know uh, another person, know them in the stressful times, because the the real person comes out during the stresses of life. And in dating, uh, you, it's you're, so idyllic. It's idyllic. Mm-hmm. And you're putting your best foot forward and you're not seeing how does this person handle difficulty? Well, we're taking your calls. one 589 We have Donna from Indiana. Donna, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you. To try to be as concise as possible, uh, we've been attending a church together uh, with a few issues, but quite happy overall. And I have found my niche of ministry. My husband's a really good man, and uh, but he's got a issue from youth that really hurt him. And it comes up at times. He's been, it, it kind of makes him paranoid. That feels that he feels that um, he's being attacked. And his normal reality or no, normal way to handle that is just to leave. And that has happened. 
seems to be like a two and a half year period of little incidences that I didn't know about initially may or may not be reality in his eyes. I mean, it's, it's just very difficult for him. And so recently, basically, he just said, I'm not going back to the church. I'm going to this church. Uh, we live in a retirement facility and um, environment, and he wants to go to the chapel there. And I'm not given a choice. This is where he's going. Do I follow him? Do I stay at the church? Hmm. Mm. He wants you to go with him, I'm assuming? Yes. And he does he know how you feel about the church you're attending, how much you love it? Yes. The church is not perfect. Sure. I can continue my ministry without, without attending. Yes. Uh, that's a difficult situation, Donna. Um, let me just, let me just say, I know that, I know there's a lot of hurt there and, and, uh, you're, you're kind of at a difficult spot to, you know, I, I want to submit, but I, he's, he's taking something that really is, is life giving to me. And that is your ministry there at the church. I would just, I would encourage you this way. I would just, uh, continue to pray and just say, Lord, this is what I want to do, but I'm, I want to follow you more than what I want to do. So I'm willing to lay this down, this ministry at the church. Uh, if, if that's what you tell me to do so I can follow my husband and support my husband and, uh, and God, if he's running away from something that this church is, is confronting him, you know, maybe in a subtle way, um, then, then make that clear to him because, you know, it's, it's not going to be helpful to, for him to just keep getting involved in a church. And when they hit on a sore spot, then he, well, we're Bails. not going there anymore. Yeah. Um, so I would really just bring that before the Lord and don't do anything that, that there are, um, the, the word halt, don't make a big decision. If you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely, if you're tired, and so really seek the Lord on this. Uh, I think you can start going with him some and still, uh, you know, have a connection to the church before you make a, you know, a, a definite, I'm not at that church anymore. I'm, I'm at this church. But just get a peace from God before you do anything like that. And, and continue to talk through that with your husband and just share your heart with him, not, a, not in an accusing way or not in a, uh, you know, how dare you take this from me type of way. And I, I don't sense you're doing that at all, but just so he knows where your heart is and how this is important to you. So we'll be praying for you, Donna. And I appreciate so much you sharing on that. And uh, I know that's a, that's a painful thing. And, and uh, Debbie, that's a difficult thing in marriage. Very. When, when a husband says we're doing this and the wife is, is called to submit to her husband. How is a wife to if she senses her husband is taking uh, their marriage, their family in a direction, maybe financially that they shouldn't go or, or to a new church and it's not a good thing, how should a, a woman respond to that? I think it all goes back foundationally to trusting the Lord. So we we just have to trust the Lord that if we are being obedient to him, 
he is going to take care of us and he is going to provide for us and he is going to meet our needs. And so I I don't think uh, submission means that I never voice my opinion, that I never tell you that I don't want to do this, that this is hurtful to me. That is not what submission is. And we are never called to submit to something that goes against God's word. That that is that right. does not fall under that definition of submission either. But with, within just the leadership of the family, you know, if you were if your husband were asking you to do something illegal, you don't need to submit to that. But but when it comes to some of these other types of issues, we as women are called to submit, even when it doesn't make sense to us. We're called to do that out of obedience to the Lord and to trust Him with the outcome. And that can be very, very difficult to do, um, especially when you you see that, man, we the, the car could wreck right. on this road. The, the <laughs> car could actually be totaled on this road. And that's why you have to trace it back to, okay, but I'm not trusting in my husband. I'm not trusting in the car. I'm trusting in God. Right. I'm going to trust him. And his word tells me that this is what I need to do. And I'm going to ultimately trust him in that until it becomes clear to me that he has told me not to do that. God has told me not to do that. Right. <clears throat> so for a, a woman, you know, you bring up the car illustration. So the husband is the designated driver in the marriage and in the family. He's the leader, not because he's better but just because God has said, you're the leader. That's right. And the wife is the helper. Eve was created to help Adam, not to rule over Adam. Mm -hmm. Adam was the leader. So how does a wife best help her husband if he is determined we're going to go in this direction? Well, it's not to grab the wheel and jerk it from him or shame him to get in the back so you can drive. It's to give him wise counsel in a loving, submissive way, but let it be known. And then to trust God that he's going to take care of you through that situation. The Lord is in charge of the car. The Lord, right. the Lord is, is the one who, who directs and who controls the circumstances. So you can trust him. God is trustworthy. He is faithful and true. Well, we've been talking today about going the distance in marriage and uh, we pray that for your marriage and for your relationship, uh, that, that you would trust the Lord. Remember, everything flows from your relationship with Jesus. Do not be drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We look forward to tomorrow, and I hope that you have a great day. Shine for Christ. Share what great things the Lord has done for you, and watch God work in your life. God bless you. Thank mm -hmm. you.